0: Hey, Tom, I'm heading to Walmart because you
1: know what season it is.
2: Oh, is it pumpkin spice season? Uh,
1: No, it's
3: flu season and Walmart gives flu shots. Yes, flu season is here and we've got your back with flu shots where you already shop. Our expert pharmacy team administers each flu shot and can answer your vaccine questions. Stay safe this flu season. Stop by your local Walmart pharmacy and get your flu shot today. Welcome to Learning Unwrapped, a talk show about your most important life skill, learning. And uh, I'm very excited to be here tonight talking about gaming. So thanks to International Broadcast Media TV for hosting this show. And I would like to say also that today is National American Sign Language Day. So we have one of our consultants who actually heads up our new California office, Marisa Schomer who uh, knows uh, sign language very well, she's going to give you a welcome to learning unwrapped in sign language. Take it away.
0: Happy National ASL Day.
3: And you know something I learned this week that she taught me is that in sign language, so this is I, And then um, this is L, which then stands for love. And then this is Y for you. So when people go like this, I love you, a lot of people use that, but they don't realize where it came from, that it's actually a combination of I love you. I can do that, right? I love you guys. Thank you for being with me tonight, live audience. And now let's bring in the guests. If you are here with us live, remember to use the comments And just jot down whatever you want. Say hi. As the guests come in, uh, you can ask them questions. So it's a wonderful thing. All right. Well, my co-host tonight works at IDE, Innovative Designs uh, Corporation, with me. Innovative Designs for Education. Yeah, I know what my company name is. Innovative Designs for Education. He works there with me as one of our uh, fabulous instructional strategy specialists. But he also has a secret power. And that is that he runs our Friday evening game nights. Please welcome Shane Johnson.
2: Hi, Nancy. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me.
3: Is it bad I can't remember the name of our company?
2: Uh, Not really. You've got a whole team that can remember for you.
3: (laughs) It's a wonderful (laughs) thing. So, Shane, tell me about something you learned this week.
2: Uh, This week, I learned what a MOBA is. So, even though some might call me a gamer, I'm predominantly a board gamer. And I'm a little bit far, farther removed from the online gaming or the video gaming. But uh, a multiplayer online battle arena, it's one of the most popular types of esports games. And I'm sure that uh, Dr. Joey will be speaking more about that later.
3: So you're a MOBA? Uh, no. You're not a MOBA. <laughs>
2: no, but it is. Uh, it Are
3: you is an aspiring MOBA?
2: Uh, maybe, sure, maybe. <laughs> Especially when you can make like millions of dollars now in esports, it might be something to go towards.
3: Right, right? Well, I mean, it turns out it is the fastest growing um, sports industry, eSports, and uh, will be worth billions of dollars, you know, in a couple of years. So let's let's get in on that. Joey can tell us the stocks to buy. Okay. speaking of Joey, (laughs) let's bring in our first guest, which is this person is this first guest is the director of esports. And an associate professor of esports at Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. He launched the esports competitive teams there in 2018. He wrote one of the first esports curricula for higher ed in the world. He co-founded GHS Esports Solutions LLC to provide consultation on esports implementation strategies. He co-hosts the Press Start Radio Show. You know, this is where I want to say, and in his spare time. Uh, he serves on the board of directors of the National Association of Collegiate Esports and the advisory board for the Worldwide Scholastic Esports Foundation. Please welcome Dr. Joey Garziac.
4: Wow! <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. Thanks, Shane. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. This was awesome, and so was the MOBA, Shane. Awesome. Glad you're <laughs> getting into the MOBA. There's so many more genres to go over, though. Yeah.
2: So, um, Joey, please tell us something that you learned this week.
4: This is an interesting one. So, something I learned this week is that John Malkovich made a movie back in 2015 that doesn't get released until 2115. It's called 100 Years, and it's going to take 100 years for it to be released. So, <laughs> keep an eye out for that one if you're still around by 2115.
3: <laughs> wow! Oh, that's cr- that's. I guess that's the new version of you know when we have kids build a little time capsule and bury it out in the schoolyard and dig it up three years later, right?
4: It's crazy, yeah. It exactly is a new kind of time capsule. So I'm excited to see the preview because I don't know if I'll be around to see the actual movie still. <laughs> I don't think I'll be around still.
3: I don't even know if the media will be around to show that type of media. I mean, who knows?
4: Who a yeah. hundred years? I mean, can you imagine a hundred years from? I guess you know, Ninety-four years from now, whatever it is, that's it's just crazy.
3: Well, I, I was cleaning out some uh, closets and had boxes of five and a quarter inch floppy disks, and I'm like. Oh, <laughs> We're not getting time, into time to change Nancy <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. All right well Joey, we are looking forward to hearing you talk more about eSports at the university level, but we're going to bring in two more people before we do that so that you have some friends to talk to. Um, our next guest is also at a university. She's the associate professor of computer science at Coppin State University in Baltimore, Maryland. Her research topics include artificial intelligence, robotics and culturally culturally relevant computer science, computer engineering education. She is the founding executive director of Uplift Inc., a nonprofit STEAM education organization. She was the uh, recipient of the 2016 USA White House Historically Black Colleges and Universities Maker and Innovation Challenge. And she's recognized as one of the 20 most influential technologists in Baltimore in 2020, though I hear she actually was born in New Jersey. Please welcome Dr. Lachelle Hatley.
1: (laughs) Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. That is an awesome introduction. I (laughs) enjoy hearing that. Thank you.
3: This is (laughs) where you you. get to say, I'd like to thank my mother and my father. Right,
1: exactly. And she's watching, so thank you, mom. (laughs) Okay.
2: So Lachelle, welcome. Tell us something that you learned this week.
1: Aside from saying uh, I love you in sign language, Right, right. I am learning how to use machine learning to trade. We also talked about the stock market. So I'm trying to figure out how to build a bot to trade.
3: Wow.
1: These markets. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting. You guys it actually
3: have, works. You guys got some good stocks for us in e-gaming? Will you guys be giving out tips, perhaps? <laughs> <Joey's> well, like,
1: <laughs> buy some e-gaming stocks. There's tons of companies that are traded right now.
3: Totally. Totally.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: All right. Well, we have one more guest to bring in. Now we've got some people at the university level. We've got Joey in eSports. We've got Michelle, who's actually um, teaching students how to design games. So we're going to hear more about that. And then we have a, a gamification teacher. We have a teacher in her eighth year of teaching. Currently, she's a fourth grade teacher at Chasco Elementary School in Pasco County, uh, Florida. And We work in Pasco County, consult there, designing learner-active technology-infused classrooms, or LADIC. So she is a LADIC teacher using gamification in order to teach. She incorporates the use of class craft into her LADIC authentic learning units. And she specializes in the use of creative and digital arts for classroom instruction and the integration of technology. She loves teaching, learning about nature, graphic novels, dancing, playing video games, doodling, I like that one, <laughs> and designing learning paths, please welcome Ayana Shramali.
0: Woo-hoo. Hi, thank you, thank you for the introduction, and thank you for having me here. It's great to have you here.
2: Yeah. So welcome Ayana. tell us please something that you learned this week.
0: Something that I learned this week, I was thinking about this as everyone else was saying it, and this is... A tough question because I learn so much every day. Right. It's hard to pinpoint just one thing I've learned. So um, my first thought is to think about my students. I learned so much from them. So I'm going to say um, that I learned that they have no idea what Pong is or <laughs> a, um, like an arcade console. That was very new learning for me. So sad. <laughs> they learned it that day though, I was just Well, dang.
3: I'm gonna <laughs> guess that you don't have a box of five and a quarter inch floppy disks around either.
0: I don't, but I did have floppy disk in elementary school. Okay, that
3: sounds good, it sounds good. All right, well welcome, and I would like to welcome the live audience. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're gonna throw out questions and Shane, my uh, co-host here, is going to keep an eye on those because what happens is sometimes when the live audience sends out a comment, we don't actually get it until about 30 seconds later. So sometimes if, if, if you want to uh, give a shout out to someone, throw their name in here because when you just say great point, we never know whose point it was. Um, but if you have a question, I know, arcades. Uh, but if you have a question, feel free to put it out there. And Shane, you're gonna keep an eye on those for us, right? Will do. That's good. I need all the help I can get. (laughs) All right. So let's go start the conversation. So we're talking about the power of gaming and gaming at all different levels. And what I've been reading about is the fact that, you know, our brains get used to processing information in certain ways and working in certain ways. And that the uh, gaming industry and the fact that Children are so into gaming that the millennial generation and generation wise brains are actually being like rewired to think differently, which is going to have significant implications for teaching at the, um, you know, K-12 arena as well as uh, university. So how do you see gaming changing kids or how do you see them reacting to it? Where do you see gaming playing a role in their lives? Who wants to kick that one off?
1: I'll kick it off. All right, jo, you're up. <laughs> so um, first, I think uh, with gaming, uh, you, you are inherently having a good time, right? Um, I mean, that's why you play games. And I think that's why it's, it's really, really powerful when you uh, bring it into whatever it is you're doing, be it learning how to solve math problems or learning how to paint um, but one thing I found that was really, really interesting with the students I teach is that they admitted to me they sometimes play games so much that they can't distinguish between reality and the game. So they'll go out in the world for days and days and just realize, wait, this is not a game. And they'll admit that. And they'll admit They're it. Like I need to I need to think, get back into reality. That's what they tell me. Like, yeah, give me yeah, no. I find
3: that very astonishing. Mm-hmm. that's a good point because movies have that effect on me. So, hmm. uh, you know, when I go to a movie and if there's a movie that's like, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Detectives or something. Uh, after the movie's over and I go to the ladies room, I'm like kicking up in the door and going in like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm like that with watch. scary movies. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I can imagine I watch that like as you as you are gaming. Um, I. I play a game on my phone called Township, where you are gathering, you're, you're um, growing crops and you're manufacturing goods and doing all that, and it's really funny because I will need, let's say, syrup, and then when I'm going shopping, I'm buying syrup because I think I need it.
4: <laughs> wow. So, separate, Nancy. You got to yeah. separate.
3: <laughs> but you can that would happen so how how else else are we seeing gaming uh changing or affecting the way we think
4: yeah uh, to piggyback on the shell's point i think that we're seeing the lines blurred between reality and gaming some and and things like pokemon go that was a huge phase a a while ago where it was almost the same it was reality and it's game at the same time makes things a little dangerous uh but to, to go where the power of gaming is and how students are even wired a little differently the way that we can use gaming is as an educational opportunity because of the passion that students have in gaming and there is so much that can be learned from playing video games or involved with games that is so much more than just gaming it goes beyond gaming you know it's teaching them soft skills it's teaching them hard skills communication adaptability all these things that are incredibly important to yes working in gaming or esports but working outside of that too to make productive citizens but it's something that they all do. It's something that that kids these days, they understand, they're passionate about to develop a sense of community, but it's gotta be used as a way to get them to an education, to teach them that there's so much more than just gaming. It goes way beyond that.
0: Right, right. Um, I'm elementary level, so I'm seeing the younger bracket of what's going on. And what I've noticed in just the last three classes that I've had the last three years, well, I would say the last four years, um, it's very much sped up, like, their desire to do things. Like, they want to be active constantly. And they want they want to be involved in one thing after another. The I don't want to say their attention span is shorter than what I've seen in my, like, like, first few years. Because I don't think it's attention. They are, like, once they've attached to something... It's hard to get them to break their attention mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. but what I am seeing is that they are becoming much more like busybody and busybody. they're interactive. They're interactive um, too, right? Yeah, like right. they want to yeah, engage. Yeah, and they want to be
1: first Something.
5: Yeah, and I, and I would add. Them, I
1: saw a comment involved with something. Oh, sorry. Like I saw a comment in the chat and somebody said is that why my son is is misbehaving? Probably, yes. Um but I also I also would like to point out that um, you know kids they don't separate their day right like we say okay now it's work time i get off at five and now it's time for me to relax and now it's time for me to do this and we segment our life you know weekday weekend kids don't do that they live every day to the fullest basically and so whatever they're engaged in they're present and if that experience was amazing then they want to continue that to the next experience Now, if it happens to be that they need to be quiet now, but they just participated in a very loud, rambunctious, awesome time, they're going to likely want to just continue that because it was fun. Mm
3: -hmm. Right. I think it's so true that um, when you talked about the attention span, it's, you know, because teachers will say sometimes, oh, the students don't have an attention span. Well, they do. They don't have an attention span to what you're doing. Yeah, what you want them to do, right. (laughs) Right. And And I remember thinking back to prior to the 1970s, we had very few choices in life. I mean, if you think back, if you watch old movies from the 1940s, all the cars are black. It was the only color they made cars in. And then as time went on and we started to be able to have, you know, we went from like World War II to manufacturing goods with no differences in them and then we got into in the 70s we got into the ability to design things so all of a sudden you can have a car in any of a number of colors and even if you think about you know my favorite the toilet brush there are like 20 different designs (laughs) for a (laughs) toilet brush that you can get and so now what's happened is we've become very comfortable with choice we expect choice we expect Engagement. We expect right. that we can have that level of interaction. And yet, in schools in general, we're asked to go back to the factory model of here's the one way and you should follow along and please be compliant. And I think that, you know, kids today are just not, it's not the way they're wired.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Right. And we can do that. And I
3: want to add, too, that
0: they're very.
5: We did it again.
0: Um, fine. <laughs> I wanted to add that I noticed they they're also very um, apt to having their own like autonomy. They want to like be able to sure. go ahead of me or interject. And like that has become such like a much more commonplace across all of my students. Where in past classes, you have just like a few who want to be that person to speak or the person to do. Where now I'm kind of like uh trying to find a way to keep up with them more often
3: right right
5: that's yeah. a sign
1: of a good teacher adaption. i must say that's a sign of a good teacher when you when you give your students uh, and you make them feel empowered to learn and take control of their learning. That's awesome. So, um, I, kudos to you. If they're if they're like, "We don't need you. We can go." That's great. <laughs> I
0: know uh, why, But I want to teach you that
3: I want to be on your team. And they're like, "We got it." <laughs> Ayana is a great teacher. And shout out to all of the teachers at Chasco Elementary Ooh, School so and uh, all of the educators. Can't forget Michelle, the principal. You know, yes, like Absolutely. Shout out because we love that we're designing learner active technology in these classrooms there. And that allows kids to be, I mean, it's awesome. all about engaging them in real world problems. Joey, mm-hmm. what were you going to say about adaptability?
4: I was gonna say that you know, we need to adapt to, to where kids are today or young adults, mm-hmm. you know, at the collegiate level, that we need to change the way that we've been doing things. And Ayana kind of goes to what you were talking about, that they are autonomous these days in a lot of, in a lot of ways. They love that autonomy, doing things, learning on their own. Thank you, YouTube. Um, They can learn a lot of things on their own through YouTube, where it's almost like teachers today are facilitators more than they are teaching, where you're expecting to just throw things out there and they're absorbing it. Kids are interactive. I mean, look at YouTube, look at Twitch. They're, They're interacting and engaging. They're not passive learners. They're interactive learners. And that's the way that as educators, we need to adapt to that to find better ways to support the way that they're learning, support the way that engages them for longer periods of time, because it's just a different way. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just means it's different, different right? and that we need to continue to adapt.
1: I yeah. agree with that.
3: I've been having conversations with administrators lately because they're getting ready to you know, provide professional development for the coming year, et cetera. And we've been talking about the fact that I keep saying, like, everything you need to learn from a content standpoint is on the internet. We don't need teachers presenting content lessons anymore. What's not on the internet are some of those, what Joey, what you were talking about earlier, the soft skills, like being able to collaborate one another with one another, being able to engage in a good conversation, being able to analyze the data, being able to synthesize, being able to come up with a solution to a problem. That's not on the internet. And that is what schools need to start doing. And a lot of schools are talking about um, learning gaps as we head into the new year, uh, I saw that Shanae put up a note that said, kids are they're just not learning what we want them to learn. <laughs> and it's true that as we head into the new year, we're going to find a lot of gaps. The way around that is not to cram in a lot of lessons for everybody. It's to right. really have personalized learning right. and, and right. kind of classroom where everybody <sighs> be learning at their pace in their way. And that's the kind of classroom Iana runs. Right. So, You've given me magic with that. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about, little bit about uh, ClassCraft, and I think we even have some images of, of from your classroom. Uh, yeah,
0: collection. we have a few. Um, well, I want to start from where you just ended with the Latin Classroom because that's kind of been my springboard. You know, I've learned a lot of, you know, my first steps to even getting started with gamifying my class with having a learner active Technology infused classroom. I'm very proud. He to say likes
3: that. my book. <laughs> he read my book.
0: <laughs> I read both of them, by the way. <laughs> um, but with Classcraft, I just started that this year, so I would say as far as running a, a system in my class that is anywhere qualified uh, gamified, this is like my third yeah. year. And Classcraft is basically like an LMS that you can use, a learning management system. Where you can use to just track your students like engagement you can give them points they have their own avatars which you see like here this is our welcome page before they enter my classroom i'm a virtual teacher this year by the way so this is kind of like our front door this year (laughs) Um, and we work together to make these class rules but once they're inside of this the game they each have their own avatar here and they you know our mechanisms for running the class is Having HP, which is their health, kind of like monitoring their behavior, Um, they do that with me. AP, they have like special powers they can use throughout the day to keep them in control of the classroom, culture, and environment. And then the XP is kind of where I'm facilitating the class, and I award them XP by um, how much learning they've gained. So it's a representation of facts we've learned, jobs they've done, ways they've collaborated, and all of that. This one here is like our team roles because we're online. um, You know, we don't have classroom jobs like normally, physical, but we do need support, you know, between each other. So each student chooses a role each day, timekeeper, team leader, screen masters where they share their screen to help everybody see what's going on. Um, And uh, our new one is annotator, someone to write on the screen. And then the cards you see there are just like, fun stuff these are other games you can go ahead to the next one these are other games i use outside of classcraft um the best part about classcraft is i can input into it it's basically a hub that looks beautiful it gives me that character and everything but my classroom content is basically the same or whatever i want it to be and this is you know some pictures of types of things we do for our activities each day
3: that is cool that is cool You are preparing kids to think in ways that are going to get them ready to be on Joey's team. Right. That would be awesome. So now we have to bring Joey up big on the screen. I mean, let him fill the whole screen, a whole screen, even get rid of all of us. Just up there.
4: You don't want to see that. That's the face for radio.
3: tell Tell us about that cool place you're sitting in.
4: Yeah, the spaceship? No. it's uh, This is the esports arena that I'm sitting in right now, which is a really cool space that we have here on campus at Shenandoah University that acts as a living lab space for our students because esports and gaming is not just competitive here. It's an academic major as well as a minor, some certificates, but it's also professional development. So as soon as learn how to Act and, and be in the industry by doing things here in the arena, running events, producing broadcasts, and everything that goes into esports. So, this is the esports arena, spectator arena. We run events in here, like you see right there uh, high school events, collegiate events. So, really, really cool space that is really adaptable. So, our students get their hands on learning outside of the classroom, which is incredibly important for the industry. Uh, for them to get their job, not just learning in the classroom, getting good grades, which is great to get good grades, but also learning how the industry works by getting their hands on and building that portfolio. And it's, you know, it's more than just running events. I'll tell you right now, one of the most important things we've done is really put an emphasis in our broadcast production, like you see right here by including a production booth with casters for art games that we are playing in. So they get the experience of being behind the desk. And the cool thing about this, every single person you see in these slides is a student. It is 99% student run, student organized. And you see right here, this is a photo op that one of our students did for another one of our students that is in the Madden Football National Championships next, next Saturday, April 24th, 5 o'clock on our Twitch channel. Just shameless plug there. Uh, <laughs> that our students are creating assets to advertise and create content for that matchup because content is king right now for esports and that's where students are getting jobs. And also through partnerships like we have with a professional esports organization in Washington DC called the Washington Justice of the Overwatch League that our students are getting internships. Their administration is teaching our courses. They have professional development for our students. So we're engaging our students in a lot of ways outside the classroom to get them the hands-on experiences they need to grow their network and get their jobs because that is so incredibly important for them to understand as they graduate that it's not just about going to class. It's not just about grades, that's great, but make sure you're doing things outside the classroom while you're at school right. to separate yourself to get that hands-on learning. So incredibly important.
3: So Ayanna, that's where your kids are headed. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, I have
0: a couple in mind right now as you say that. like
3: <laughs> You'll have to have them watch the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think a couple of them are probably here. Um, i end in my day with them at 410. So today I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to be on this thing. I need We need to leave a little early. <laughs> so I let them know that this was going on, and they were so proud of me. So thank you, guys. My students are like my best cheerleaders. They're awesome. Well,
3: shout out to the students. <laughs> awesome. 4-3, <Right. Right. laughs> 4 and the fourth grade treehouse, Right. So, and now also preparing them for that. Lachelle, I know one of the many things you do, because you're involved in so much, but one of the many things you do is get involved in teaching gaming and creating games, and particularly games that are culturally responsive. So I know we've got a couple of images here we want you to tell us about.
1: Sure. Um, so I, I, I'm sure... Uh, so this game I actually made because it, I made it actually, I think back when uh, the mobile phone came out. So I'm dating myself and I just wanted to learn how to make uh, an app generally speaking. And when I was a elementary school teacher, I was teaching uh, kids how to search the web. And one of the assignments I gave them was searching for artifacts that African-Americans had invented or had the patent for. And I still had that data, that information. So I was like, let me just make a game out of that, a quick match game, let's see how it goes. And so there you have it. The Miles and Aisha Black Inventors Match Game. Miles and Aisha are uh, characters that I, that I use in my research. The front end is the avatars that you see on the screen and the back end is artificial intelligence that allows for that personalized learning that we talked about earlier. And so here's an adult, which uh, on the right-hand side, I guess it's my right, um, who's playing the game. Uh, I had no idea that adults would be uh, intrigued by the game, and they actually compete against who can uh, solve the match board as quickly as possible because there's a timer. Uh, but also, great. of course, kids, kids, kids enjoy the game as well, too. And most kids play together for some reason, so yeah. Uh, mm. And then I turned that into a puzzle experience. And so, which is kind of like a game, but not an electronic one, uh, especially if you're working with the student uh, trying to say, okay, well, do this really quickly, or how would you uh, solve the puzzle in a different way? Um, so, that's just an extension of the, ga- the match game.
3: And you know, I was reading somewhere, and I wish I would have captured it to, to share it so maybe you know something about it, that actually. Black gamers are the fastest growing group of gamers. Joey, well, you're that, nodding your head.
1: That's interesting. Um, and I, I actually thought it was, well, I'll say the women over the age of 40 is like the biggest population of gamers, right? Or maybe it's even over 50, um, which is odd, but I do accept think... that.
3: Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> are, you you a are you a gamer? Uh, well, not like you guys, but uh, no, yes, okay. I do love my games.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, just just talking about all the different platforms that Ayana uses in her classroom and even for esports, I know my students are are watching too, and my computer science students, this is this is what you can create with your programming knowledge, right? None of this, even this topic that we're talking about e-gaming and gaming in general would not exist if there wasn't a software developer who could program it. So uh, talking about empowerment, let me empower you all who are watching right now <laughs> to get into this, this uh, industry one way or another. Um, definitely,
0: I would say you've given me some power because I I've downloaded your app and my kids will be playing that in their Hills of History quest.
1: Which, nice. Very good. Thank uh, nice you. Going to the tree house. More
0: information about inventors and things. And then I, I met you and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is,
1: Yes. It's it's really funny. This, um, someone told me that their, their daughter, uh, played the game endlessly, like all the time. And when she met me, she was starstruck. They told her, this is the person who played, who made the game you were, you, you were playing all the time. And she just looked at me like, so again, there's that, that really thin line between reality and gaming, right? She just was in awe that she actually, uh, met the, the author of the game, which speaks to culturally relevance and all of that other empowering stuff that I always talk right. about.
3: Right. Well, back in the uh, late 80s, I guess, I was teaching high school computer science. I was teaching C language because I actually was a teacher. I then went into the computer science field and was working as a programmer analyst. And then I came back into teaching because I realized that's really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But there weren't a lot of teachers coming back who had a master's in computer science and could program in C language. So <clears throat> I started teaching this class and I remember we were, um, I was teaching them how to create games. Now back in the day, I don't know if anyone remembers or perhaps if you've read in your history books that there were these things called adventure games. Right. And they were completely text-based because we didn't no. have those right. Three interfaces, right? So it was like you know you're walking down the street you see this house there's a door open and you you know it looks abandoned and you push the door open and walk inside and the door slams behind you and you can't get out you've got to find the key and make decisions <laughs> like right left you know and um, or I guess we actually used east west but it was interesting because what I did is I had my kids I asked my kids if they wanted to design their own games and they were like yes so then I gave them two days to <laughs> play games. And I'm like, play any of the games you want, and I just want you to keep a journal of what do you think makes a great game. Then they had to create their storyboards. And then my favorite, and I, I don't know, because this is the way I believe teachers, you know, now that it's are all ready to create, I'm like, well, go ahead, start programming it. And they were like... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how, do you get, how do you get text on the screen? And I was like, oh, that's the print command. Let me show you how to use that. So then they were like, print command, print command, print command. And then they were like, well how could you have an object somebody could pick up? It's like, oh, you're going to need a variable. Okay. <laughs> then, we, and then it was like, well, how could you pick up more than one object? Oh, that's going to be an array. And it was like, it was great because talk about teaching from a felt need. Everything they wanted to build into their games, we just added. But in the end, it was a totally text-based game. Mm-hmm. And look at where we are now. I mean, the fact that we have... Esports sports at universities and, and apparently kids get scholarships too, right?
4: Scholarships, some get full ride scholarships. There are a number of schools that offer completely full ride scholarships and bring in high level esports players or former professional players to come compete. And, and so, yeah, there's a lot of scholarships There's a lot of different opportunities because every school has different offerings, whether it's the kind of game they play, kind of experience they have and everything else in between scholarships. I mean, it's a little crazy. I'm a traditional sports person by trade um, I am not a big brain where I can actually program games myself. So thank you to those that can do that. I appreciate your contribution so that I can play the games. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, but yeah, it's it has really grown and it really does offer a unique chance to engage with students in this new and meaningful way that also creates a community for them for on college campus to keep them engaged for longer periods of time, not just to recruit them to campus, but to keep them on campus to get that degree not to come for one or two years, but engage them, get them in a community, get them around like-minded people, and get them that degree because that's very important, very powerful to get them, for them to graduate.
3: And and Joey, what are some of your esports teams? What are they playing?
4: Oh gosh, okay, can we rattle off all the games that we've got here? <laughs> oh, just
3: rattle rattle a few.
4: <laughs> okay, Overwatch, Rocket League, Move League of line. Legends, CS:GO, Valorant, oh, Madden, wow. Call of Duty. You know, Fortnite. You know, we kind of run the gambit on a lot of these games. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Some of those are the varsity level, some at the club level. And we're in a living space right now. So I apologize what, what you see behind me because we got students in here practicing right now and competing. We got matches going on. They'll be coming in a lot later, too. So pretty big. The biggest ones are Rocket League, Overwatch, League of Legends, really the biggest universal ones at the collegiate level. By the way, Shane, League of Legends, one of those MOBAs that That's you right. learned about. So there you go. <laughs>
3: Oh, Shane! And, maybe you can get into that and uh, start teaching us that on game night.
2: Yeah, I'll get working on that. <laughs> so I might need to give me a few weeks, months, years. But, yeah, anything's possible.
3: Well, it is five thirty-five, so I am going to have us take a break. Although, like, I—I I mean, I got a million more questions, but I, I got to let Shane talk in the second half there, right? So, uh, but it is time for what's in your mug. So, uh, please, live audience, tell us what are you drinking tonight? Um, I happen to be drinking a nice decaf coffee from one of my favorite places, McDonald's, uh, and I've chosen this mug because now this is a mug from what? What era? What decade would this be from?
1: Seventies. Seventies. The sixties. Oh.
3: Yeah, back in the 60s. And uh, that's when I grew up, back in the 60s. And one of my greatest memories of my childhood is that at least once a week as a family, so I had a mom, a dad, a sister, and myself, the four of us would sit down and play games. And so those were board games at the time. We played uh, Monopoly and Scrabble almost every week. And I was the young one. So, of course, my, my sister was five and a half years older than I. So in order for that, when they needed me to play, so they kind of, you know, dragged me in at a young age. And I remember, you know how they say on on video games, there are often these helpers that come in and, you know, wizards that give you suggestions. So for me, that was my mom, because every time in Monopoly, someone landed on my spot and I didn't yell out rent, my mother would like elbow me. And then I'd go like, oh, rent. <laughs> that's, that's how I learned to collect rent. And then um, when they got to the point where they needed a, my sister was going to college and they needed, uh, she had, needed to learn bridge. Uh, they dragged me in there and I became the fourth and learned how to play bridge. Now that wasn't online gaming, but those are the games we played back in my day. And so, you know, here's two. unfortunately, my mother, father and sister have passed on to be with the good Lord so I miss you, and thanks for teaching me or getting me started on gaming. Definitely. All right, Michelle, what's in
1: your mug? So my mug is, um, I'm going to tell you about it first of all. So I used to work at uh, Google uh, about four years ago, and uh, just for a summer, not a permanent employee, but it was a faculty and residence program, faculty and residence and if you're a computer scientist, there's at some point where you just become really intrigued about what it's like to work at Google. And so uh, there were about 26 faculty from HBCU computer science departments. And we spent about a month or two at Google over the summer and they treated us so well. When it came time to leave, we didn't want to go. And we especially didn't want to give up our Lachelle, you know, Lachelle at Google and no, we were just distraught about it, right? And so they surprised us and gave us a mug with our email <laughs> name at Google. And so Lachelle at Google.com will forever be my email address in case I ever go back there. Um, so this is my favorite mug. But what I like, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, let that sink in. I, I've never drank coffee ever. Um, but I do drink hot apple cider, and so that's my favorite oh, drink and what ooh. I want. If there was some hot
3: on. apple cider is good. Do you, do you, uh, you know, pepper it with any?
1: Uh... <laughs> I think you no, uh... giving me an idea, <laughs> but no, I don't. Um, I go to
3: the on the show,
1: oh, uh, yeah, I go to Starbucks and I get the caramel apple spice, that's my favorite drink. From mm-hmm.
3: Cool, yeah. and live audience, tell us what's in your mugs. I see AH Tatum loves McDonald's coffee, me too, especially mm-hmm. the decaf. We have Jillian White who's drinking. Water, as always. Uh, love that. And Mary Ann Choma, I see that uh, your dad drove a buggy bus. That is so cool. Uh, so I think you're going to have to get this mug, you know, so you can play around with that. All right. Shane, what is in your mug? Uh,
2: so today I'm being promotional. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy, for the mug. Uh, and I am drinking Sencha which is a japanese tea
3: yes oh nice okay how would you explain the taste
2: uh let me taste it
3: (laughs) watch carefully a gamer in his tea
2: it's like leaves like if i were sucking on a leaf
5: delicious is that good or bad
4: no
2: this i'm not i'm not in sales for a reason
4: It I, writes itself.
3: I'll stick with my coffee. Ayana. what are you drinking? What's in your mug?
0: <laughs> I'd like to be a teacher right now. Ask for more adjectives on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't have a mug. I have plenty of mugs, actually. I get a lot of teacher mugs, but mm-hmm. they turn into planters or just like <laughs> other things. I tend to get like favorite jars or cups every now oh, and then. Right now, this is my drinker. favorite.
1: Nice. <laughs> -hmm. Because
0: it's really big, and (laughs) this is a reusable straw that I bought from Wawa. I'm
3: proud of it. Nice. But it's strawberry
0: lemonade. Yeah.
3: And Wawa sells reusable straws. That's very good to know. Yeah, with delivery. Good to know.
1: <laughs>
3: nice. um, next week, we will be uh, celebrating Earth Day. And so we will want to make sure that we're talking. And last <laughs> last week, we were talking about sustainability. I don't know. The show's all run together for me, but they're all a lot of fun. All right. Joey, what's in your mug?
4: Well, unfortunately, I'm a little boring right now. Let's see if you can see this. It's, oh, so this, this is a Fallout mug. <laughs> this is Pitbull, uh, which is a fantastic video game. It's not an eSport. It's not competitive. Um, It's just a fun escape, relax, open world, just incredibly fun game that you can put hundreds and hundreds of hours in and you're not even scratching the surface still. Uh, So if you've ever gotten to get a chance to play the Fallout series, fantastic series of games. What's in it right now is it's I'm boring right now, y'all. And I say y'all, I'm originally from Georgia, not Virginia. What's in it right now is water. But it's a reason that's only water right now. So it's a little late in the day for my energy drink. That was earlier. That was about three hours ago. Energy drink every day. Coffee is only in the morning for me and only hot coffee. Cold coffee, can't do it. Can't do room temperature, got to be hot. Right. And a little later, it would usually be something a lot stronger than this. But it's water right now because this weekend I'm running a 24-hour race that I got to get ready for that I'm going to do oh, wow. about 20 miles of trekking. I've got 16 miles of canoeing and over 70 miles of mountain biking. So I'm, I'm taking it easy until I get done with that. But then when that's over, then I get back to my normal routine and get my stronger things going. But right now it's water because I'm in training. That's going to end real soon after this weekend and I couldn't be more excited about it.
3: So that 24 hour race, <laughs> is that uh, on video or? Or in real life.
4: No, that's IRL, that's in real life. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's,
4: uh, I'm not ready for it either. So it's going to be an experience to say the least.
2: I bet.
1: Just right. play a game like you're running. You'll be fine.
4: Exactly. Right, yeah, my, sure. my stamina. I got to get my stamina yeah. Yeah. up,
3: though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretend you're in the game. Yeah, exactly.
4: Uh, I wish. I wish.
3: <laughs> well, yes, we wish you. Holly says she wishes you the best of luck. We wish you the best of luck this weekend. Thank
4: you. Uh,
3: and uh, Shane, why don't you kick off the second half? You got some questions for
1: us?
2: Yes. So to honor the audience, and one of the questions that came up before, I don't know if one of our directors can put it up. It was from Eric House. Uh, It was a question involving AR, which I believe is augmented reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And the question was around, uh, does that blur? Thank you. Um, Does it increase the blurring of reality and gaming? And are there any kinds of risks that this might present. So I don't know if any of the guests have any experience or knowledge around AR. Might be able to uh, I can start
4: real quick, and I, I'm sure everybody else knows far more than I do about AR. I know, enough to be, I know enough to be dangerous. But I mentioned Pokemon Go, the app. That is a form of augmented reality that does blur that line. And there were issues with people walking into the street trying to find a certain Pokemon and there's real life cars coming down this street. Right. That's in real life. So yeah, it, it did cause a lot of issues for a long for a while until they kind of got things fixed. But yeah, augmented reality, to me, incredibly exciting, but incredibly dangerous. You gotta be careful and use it in the right way because it does take what is real, but also superimposes kind of the virtual environment in it. So it's you gotta be really careful and aware of your surroundings at all times when using augmented reality, but Michelle you probably know far more than I do about Yeah, any
1: of it. I, I was about to say uh, around the time when Pokemon Go was like at the top of its popularity, I wrote a tutorial on how to make augmented reality apps. So I think it's still online somewhere. If you uh, Google me and augmented reality uh, game tutorial, you'll find the steps. It's dated; it's kind of old. So, uh, but it's using App Inventor that was uh, is currently hosted at MIT. Um, so certainly, but yes, I, I think it, it did have a negative effect back then. Again, remember we were talking about how students can't uh, distinguish between reality and non-reality, right? I mean, if you're playing a game, you're playing it in reality. But if you're actually walking outside and you see something and you're engaged, your mind can only focus on like one thing at a time, right? right. So if you're engaged in trying to grab this object and it's in the middle of the street, you're going in the middle of the street you're going in the street <laughs> <laughs> hopefully the cars around you see you <laughs>
0: great wow. that's wow. amazing um yeah. i don't know much about augmented reality except for what i've experienced as a player i did play pokemon go um i ended up getting exhausted with it for the mere fact that i had to go so many places and like you said walk in the middle of the street and go stairs <laughs> and all these things And, you know, I noticed my students, they enjoy mixing the reality with gaming because I have used it where um, I'm basically like projecting something onto our table in front of us. That is
1: Mm,
0: blocks or a creature or, you know, a marble set, whatever it is that I'm trying to simulate, you know, in their mind. So I find it to be very useful if like Shane said, uh, I mean, like Joey said, if it's used Properly, you know, out in public on your own um, with no one to help you monitor that blurred connection, I think is very risky. Yes, because I've done it myself as an adult. You know, I've, I've tripped over tree roots because I'm looking at the ground. Yes. Right. The Pokemon was on the ground, but I wasn't really looking at the ground. So, um, <laughs> right. I've had that issue. I will say, though, that, um, it's less confusing in my experience it was less confusing than when i tried virtual reality games um that uh i you know played vr for quite a while when the playstation one came out and i definitely felt a serious disconnect between
5: real life
0: and virtual reality for a moment like when you first take it off but then it started to like blur where i was Feeling sick in the real world and not in the virtual, and then vice versa. So, I think that's definitely something that we need to think about. You know, as technology grows forward, and our kids are
1: invested in this
0: because they're they're immersed in both. So, I don't think we can like say no to either. It's just how are we going to use them, and how are we going to teach our youth and our players how to do it responsibly?
1: Yeah, I mean the the science behind it is that you are transferring images through your eyes to your brain and so that's why there's a blur it's not because the game was so good or enjoyable it's because it's using the same um science that you use to just sense the world around you and all of that is coming directly through your eyes or through the oculus or whatever it is you have and it's going right to your brain and your brain can't tell the difference right i mean how many times have you woke up from a dream thinking it was real Right, It's because your brain and your, and your mind and your eyes and your ears kind of uh, process those things as if you were uh, awake and looking at those things uh, IRL in real life.
2: Right. Yeah, I
1: learned that. Thank you, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: another question that came up before, um, and this one was for Ayana in regards to class craft. Uh, I think this is a question from Adam T. Uh, are the stats uh, made public to the rest of the class uh, and the avatars made public to the rest of the class?
0: Um, it depends. You can control that as the game master you are, as the teacher. So I have gone between both formats where the kids can see the entire class and they have like a game feed. So when I award or you know take away HP, they can see the entire class or you can set them up into teams and then close that view so that they can only see what happens with their team. Um, I've used it in both ways for various purposes. So that's really just up to you as, you know, the teacher.
2: Got it. Uh, Lachelle, I had a question for you. I watched uh, a talk that you gave uh, like five years ago, and you might not remember this, but you used a term that I had not heard of before but was intrigued by, which was embodied cognition. I was oh if yes,
4: you
1: could speak sure. to that. <laughs> sure. Um, probably that was my favorite talk. It probably was the uh robotics talk. Yes. Is that it? Yeah, right. Yes. Well, I've been teaching robotics for about three, no, sorry, at least 10 years now. And the best way to teach it to people who don't understand what it is, and more specifically teach them how to build and program robots is to make them be the robot. And so um, embodied cognition is you're embodying the role of the robot and you're thinking about what you have to do to make the robot do what it is you want it to do. So for instance, if I I said uh, make a robot traverse a square uh, and program what it needs to do, you have and you're the robot or a kid is a robot and you have to tell them, okay, Walk straight. Well, the robot doesn't know what it's like to walk. You have to tell it. You have to tell it to lift up its leg, and you have to tell it right from left, and all those things. And so you're placing the cognition of what's happening in the learning environment into the body of the person. And it's an amazing Uh teaching technique, um, especially when you have to teach somebody how to do something.
2: Love that. And I use it all the time. That, yeah, that's like to me, like that's beyond oh, hands on.
1: Yes, that's, <laughs> that's right. I don't know how to follow that on on that.
4: How do that you how I even can. ask a question here? I don't, I'm like sitting here just like amazed by this. I don't know how to follow that up. I don't know how to ask a question. I'm just like, ooh, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, this is it's it, that is way up here. Way, I mean, that is that is awesome stuff to hear. I love that.
3: We, we might need another show just on
1: that topic. Right. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to help you ask questions and talk and all that. Just let I me know. Get the, get Lashelle on your show. We're going to do that.
3: Get, <laughs> get Lachelle on your show. I like that. All right. We'll be back. I can tell.
5: Keep and, going, Shane. Uh,
2: and uh, Joey, for you, uh, what is the most exciting thing right now in esports? Like especially something that the public who's not um uh, involved in, in, in esports or, or watching esports might not be aware of.
4: Oh, geez. Um, uh, <laughs> speaking of another show, do we have, I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> there's, so much, there's so much happening in esports and it happens so quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a multi billion dollar industry now. So, one of the most exciting things for me is all the new job opportunities that exist in esports and tangential to esports because I see the passion that students have for learning about this field. And it's nice to see that there are career opportunities to keep them engaged, keep them passionate about what they're doing. And mm-hmm. as it continues to grow, not just at the professional level, but also the collegiate and the high school, and it's gonna to get to middle school too, sooner than later, much sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, and recreationally, there's gonna be so many more opportunities for students that actually understand the space, not just that they were gamers while they were growing up, but they actually understand how to manipulate the space in a healthy way to teach the right and the wrong ways to engage with gaming, not doing 12 to 15 hours a day, but using it in moderation, just like all things, to make it so it's a healthy experience that teaches more than just the playing skills. So that's the exciting thing to me is that it continues to grow, grow rapidly, and grow across a lot of different levels to offer job opportunities for students that are so passionate about it that they can have a career that they love from day one after graduation.
3: Love that. And there was a note. I don't don't know if you saw it pop up, but Regina Schaefer said esports is growing so quickly. It's already in middle school. So uh, Regina Schaefer, if you want to let the world know where uh, where you're at, that it's in middle school, uh, the entire world can move there. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing for the for the realtors to bring up you know right. like, Exactly. Aye,
0: a little practice centers Get but so you know really you okay. learn
3: i go back to mark prensky who wrote a book uh 2006 i want to say called don't bother me mom i'm learning and it was all about this argument over our kids becoming couch potatoes playing video games and he, I think he did a study, you know, through a university that that showed how much you learn in gaming. And I wrote a book a few years back on executive function. Mm-hmm. Doing my research on that, I realized that um, playing games builds so much executive function. And executive function uh, is pretty much the building blocks of everything, of all academic learning, of social and emotional learning. If you don't have executive function, which is, you know, is part of the brain you don't have anything so we really need to build that and I, I think when i was a kid my father taught me how to play chess at a young age and when i became a fourth grade teacher i set up chess boards in my room and just had kids go and play chess and so even that level of engaging in a game and of course now that we have you know the esports i mean the games that we have now online and multi-user you know come on joey help me out what are all multiplayer online battle
4: arena you got (laughs) real-time strategy first-person shooters i mean you got all kinds i could keep going too there's all kinds of genres
3: so much and i don't know if you saw i have a show and for anybody who may want to go back and watch a former show um you just go to nancysula.com. all the shows are there i think it was when we were doing our stem show and I'm going to ask Carrie, our our one of our directors, to pop her head in and tell me if I'm right. I think it was when we were doing the STEM show that we had a young man actually create in. Um, oh, come on, what's it called? Carrie, you got to help me out here. What is it? It was called. Uh, 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 oh, I forget. Like,
2: was it, it a programming language or? Yes, yes. And he, like Scratch or something.
3: He created it. Now it's um, Unity minecraft 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 Minecraft. yes carrie's telling me it's minecraft (laughs) and he created this this cute you know intro in minecraft where he was having this conversation with his mother and she's telling him like you know stop playing games it's going to turn your brain to mush and he's like no you don't understand how much i learn and it goes through this whole like how (laughs) minecraft is going to build you know uh learning skills and it's true it's amazing what you can learn all right, keep going, Shane. Sorry, I get all excited about this, you
2: know? No, there's, there's, there's We've so got much...
3: four minutes. You only have time for, like, another question <laughs> or two.
2: Yeah, so, um, so something that I found interesting in the research on gaming, and I think a lot of people don't know this because they think of gaming as an individual act, uh, at least some people do, uh, was that it can help teams work better together. So mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if anyone can speak to that, how oh my gaming can help, uh, you know, children or, or young adults collaborate better together, cooperate better together?
1: I
0: would love to answer this first. Take it away. As an elementary school teacher, like I have a huge gradient of students between like, as far as um, uh, academic level. And with some of them, you know, they build personalities being in traditional school settings where they're afraid to make mistakes. And it becomes so uncomfortable for them to speak, to try to fail that they become so resistant and this year being online that was like my first hurdle just to get them to show up put turn on their camera turn on their voice and do something so once we started building like our team dynamics and everyone had a responsibility they needed to rely on each other so setting up a gaming you know gamified like classroom setting really kind of forced all of us in a positive way to think about how we relate it to other people and how they relate to us. There's certain like activities and parts of gaming that you just can't do without hearing or seeing Mm -hmm. another strategy happen. Like it's a cause and effect situation all the time. And it's really gaming opens it up to everyone. It doesn't matter your race, your age, like whether they have disabilities, none of that has Mm. impeded you know, us going forward with a gamified class. And I see that so strongly having students who, you know, I have students who have autism, Tourette's. I have gifted students all in the same classroom interacting on a daily. And you wouldn't know.
4: That's awesome. That's in awesome. In classroom,
0: you could point them out because of physical behaviors. But gaming has completely made that so much easier for so many of them.
4: That's awesome to hear. I love that. The, the, the barrier to entry is so much lower compared to a lot of other activities. There are still barriers to entry. Uh, and we got to get through that. But I, the teamwork, the communication that comes from gaming, the, the team based games that we have, and you have teams of up to six versus six for the popular esports, you got 5v5, 3v3. They're learning the same things you learn playing baseball, basketball, football at a young age how to work on a team, adaptability, communication skills, sportsmanship, you know, how to win and how to lose. But that teamwork is absolutely fostered through a lot of gaming. And especially when you talk about competitive team games, literally you have to work as a team or else you don't stand a chance. I don't care how good you are individually. You have to work as a team and communicate to do anything in it.
1: Right. And if that, if the winning award is an A in the class, then everybody, right, everybody right. On, they're focused and they're ready to go. They don't care about anything else. They just want to work together to get that A. Right,
4: or millions of dollars. Millions of dollars helps too.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, this, I can't believe we we'll the end. I mean, I say that every week because the conversations are so good. And this was, uh, you know, this conversation did not disappoint. Right, live audience? I think we've got uh, agreement there. Um, thank you so much to my guests. I'm going to bring you up one by one before we then take you backstage, stay backstage and wait for me because I'm coming back, but I want to give you your last shout out to be able to say what do you want to say to the audience here about gaming and the importance of it? What advice do you want to give them? Ian, I'm bringing you up first. You're going to bring me up first? Okay. Thank you for being on um, the show. Appreciate it. What, do you wanna, what, do you, what words of wisdom do you want to leave us with? Well,
0: I mean, I would like to talk directly to... You know teachers of course because that's where i am and in practicing this i just want to say like don't be afraid to fail with your your students like try it have fun you know but as long as you set the purpose of that fun very explicitly you can take it anywhere and that has been such an empowering thing for me and my students that i'm growing such a passion for gaming that, you know, I've never thought about before. It just, it's changed the way I think, the way I plan and the way I teach. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of teachers, once you get good at what you do, it's really scary to try something completely new that may be completely foreign. Like I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a gamer. Mm-hmm. When I first started teaching, I started with a teacher who did board games, dice, everything game. And it was fantastic. And I was I was like, I don't know how to do that. But now, like, look at
1: you now. Look at you now. Right.
0: Like, it's just a matter of experimentation and letting the kids lead you a little bit, which is my advice. like, And I yeah. would like
3: to point out that Ayana is wearing her gaming headphones, but you know, oh, she's yeah. cool. <laughs> but she wears them around, there, them around <laughs> uh, her neck there, right? And, and shout out again, Ayanna, amazing teacher from Chasco
0: Elementary School. Yes, shout out to Chasco. Hi, Mom. Thank you for all the support and my administration. Oh, yeah, that's the last thing. I'm sorry. I got to take one more second. Talk to your admin. Let them know you're experimenting. You need them.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got great admin over it, Chasco. I well, do. Right?
0: I really do. I'm thankful. And
3: for uh, so, you know, parents at home, if you want your kids to be in Iana's class for a <laughs> game you got to move to Pasco County, Florida.
0: So, are just follow me on Instagram, Teacher's Treehouse. I'll have something there
3: for them. Instagram, Teacher's Treehouse. Yeah, let's put up uh, the ticker one more time for Iana, so everybody can find Thank her. You.
0: And I have Instagram and YouTube are both the same teacher's treehouse for both. Um, this is my first year, like I said, with Class Craft. So my YouTube, I'm just starting to get that information on there. But please follow me
3: if you're interested in more. I appreciate it. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Diana, And I'll um, see you backstage. Yep. Joey, what final words do you want to leave our audience with?
4: Jeez, how do you follow this up? Like, <laughs> I'm like a fish out of water here with these, this lineup you got me here, Nancy. Uh, this is awesome. I would say give gaming a chance. For people out there, I get the stigma that's associated with gaming a lot of times. I get that the bad rap that of gaming that it gets sometimes. Give it a chance. This is what kids are engaging. This is what they're doing. Meet them where they are. Find a way to use it as that educational opportunity and teach lessons and concepts through that lens of gaming because it helps it resonate so much better with this current generation of students and the way that they interact, the way that they engage with each other, with the world. You've just got to give it a chance. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, because if you don't know how all this works, that's OK. Figure it out. Make mistakes. That is OK to do. You know, so that's my biggest piece of advice is just give gaming a chance. Use it as an educational opportunity. You'll be surprised about how much students know about gaming, how much they know about technology and how much they will end up teaching you because you're giving them that chance. So that's my biggest piece. Because I learn every day from students. I learn about Twitch. I learn about streaming. I learn about content creation. It's amazing the things they learn and can learn on their own and can teach me but you've got to give gaming a chance and use it in a way that creates that educational opportunity for them because there's so much more to gaming than just gaming. Yeah,
3: and so students at home who may be listening, remember, if you want to go to college in a place where you can be in that really cool esports arena that you're seeing behind Joey there, you want to go to the Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. That's right. (laughs) Thank you, Joey, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And when you go backstage, don't go away because I'll be back. Gotcha. Michelle. Yes, ma'am. End with
1: hmm. I would say live life like a game. First of all, have fun. Set goals or try to establish your goals. Understand the consequences of your actions and always level up.
3: Love it. That was very nice. Very nice. nice. And so we've got the way you are on Twitter, and you've got a wonderful website, which I've been to, lichellehatley.com. Well, thank you. Definitely want to check her out there, and I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you for having me. And uh, and
3: Lachelle, I guess, uh, yes, the reality is i got to give a shout-out to your university at Coppin State University in Baltimore, Maryland, because if you want to learn gamification as well as STEM, computer science, engineering, culturally responsive computer science, love that, that's where you want to go to find Michelle. So thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun.
3: Thank you to my guests. All right. So Shane, my co-host, what final words do you want to make?
2: Uh, I, well, I loved all the comments, the parting comments that the guests made. Um, one in particular was give gaming a chance. Uh, I think that's a great um, You know, motto or encouraging statement. Uh, Even if somebody, a teacher, for example, doesn't consider themselves a gamer, uh, I think that they can find that it's not as difficult as they might think. And and something that Ayana said, which was really powerful, was uh, let your students guide you. Um, So you know, we can learn a lot from them, and they will be more engaged if they have that power. Right. So.
3: Right. Yeah, gaming is powerful. Well, and thank you for co-hosting with me. I thoroughly enjoyed partnering with you on this, Shane. Yeah, and uh, thank you to the live audience. Uh, now, what happens is for for any of you who want to see the show again, you can go and um, uh, pull it up on the same link, the YouTube link, and you can find out about all of our shows <laughs> past in, in at NancySula.com. Directors, I think you need to pull the guests out. Um, and anyway, so we, if you go to Nancy you're going to be able to get the past show links. And if you go to this show link, uh, tomorrow, all of the comments will come up. So I can't wait until tomorrow to sit down and watch the show. We had a great live audience. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you come back and join us again. Great guests. I have a feeling we're going to have to do another show on, uh, gaming. Don't you think so? Uh, it's, uh, we we'll, we'll put that on our docket on our list next week is Earth Day. So we're going to be talking about, no, if I got that wrong, if I got that wrong, wait a second, I got to check my notes here. Yes, yes, I have next week, Earth Day every day. So we want to make sure, I don't know, for some reason, I always thought Earth Day was a little bit later, but no, I got it right because I've am i got my, you know, like I really ought to be drinking. Today is tax day, but it's not tax day because uh, we've changed that, that deadline. So it is next week, the 22nd is Earth Day. So we are going to have Earth Day every day here. And I hope you'll join us back to see some great guests that we have as well. You are used to, if you've been watching my show regularly, uh, my co-anchor at the end who always sees us out. Unfortunately, he is not with us this week. So we have a fill-in, stand-in co-anchor. And I think you'll appreciate uh, her style. So I hope you'll join me next week. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. See you next week.
0: Gaming helps me meditate and work on my lightsaber skills.
2: Hi, this is my tablet and I like to do my animal hair salon.
1: I like to play video games because it helps my problem-solving skills and I get to play with friends. Some of the friends I'm good friends with today I've met on video games. I like to use my Logitech headset since it has great audio. I've also been trying to save up for a Logitech G920 racing wheel in one of their mice.
2: Thanks for watching Learning on Rap. Tune in next week for Thursday every day.
5: We did it again. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party umlaut from crowdsourced user experience. Data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to OpenSignal awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021.